Hello there, life-changing coaches. Today, I want to talk to you about what not to do when you need clients now. I'm going to tell you the only five ways that you're ever going to get new clients and then which of those five ways you should use first, second, and last if you're in a cash crunch or just eager to help more clients. All right, so my Grow Your Fitness Business for Instructors, Trainers, and Coaches group is my Facebook group that has 8,600 fitness instructors, health coaches, wellness coaches, all kinds of coaches in there, all growing direct to consumer businesses. And when they come in, I ask every single one of them, what is your biggest struggle in your business? And overwhelmingly, you guys tell me that your biggest struggle is that you need clients. Now, that's not surprising because that's the struggle of an entrepreneur, especially solopreneurs, especially service-based solopreneurs. But there's a little caveat here because we are all fitness and wellness coaches, which means we are passion-based entrepreneurs. We are running passion-based businesses that serve consumers directly. And that means that when we sell our product, to our perfect future buyer, the way that we go into that sale, the way that we introduce ourselves to our perfect future buyers, the way that we um, approach a sale has to feel authentic and honest and truthful and transparent and right to us because otherwise we just won't do it. Today, I'm going to talk to you about a group of tactics that we all tend to default to and why those tactics are not the right first move for us. And then I'm going to outline the five ways that you will attract every single new client that you will ever have. And I'm going to tell you how and when to leverage each of those in order to bring in your perfect future buyers. I'm also going to give you my best suggestions on how to use each of these tactics with authenticity and honesty so that you can lead your ideal clients to success while working with you while also quenching your thirst to serve. So get a notebook out and get ready to write fast because we are going to cover a lot of information and I don't want you to miss any of it. I'm Kelly Coulter. In 2020, I became absolutely obsessed with helping fitness professionals build their businesses so they could serve their clients during the pandemic. Now I help coaches just like you make more impact with your perfect clients without adding hours to your day by leveraging the life-changing work you're already doing. These episodes are specifically designed to deliver mindset, business, and direct response marketing tips that will truly move the needle on your business. Ready to get started? Let's go. New business owners tend to buy into a script that I like to call the Field of Dreams script. Field of Dreams was a movie. It was released in 1989. It starred Kevin Costner and it won Academy Awards. It did really well critically and in the box office. And it's a, a classic. It's got a classic refrain in it. We'll talk about it in a second. It's about a man who buys a farm and then he plows the whole cornfield, which is the only source of revenue for the farm, and he builds a baseball diamond. And he does this because the ghost of Shoeless Joe Jackson told him to. And what Shoeless Joe Jackson told him is, if you buy it, 
sorry, if you build it, they will come. So Shoeless Joe Jackson comes to him and says, if you build it, they will come. And that is the refrain that went through the whole movie. It's the thing that people really remember from that movie. You hear it quoted all the time. If you build it, they will come. And of course, as he's building this ball field in the movie, no one understands why he's doing what he's doing, but he forges ahead and is finally rewarded in the end with acclaim and recognition. And he's healed from childhood wounds. And it's all because he followed his intuition. So this sounds a lot like being an entrepreneur, right? The people around you, they don't understand what you're doing. They're not supporting you. They, What you know is that you just have to keep believing in what you're doing because you've got the vision for this thing. And you believe that if you build it, they will come, that you'll be rewarded in the end with recognition and acclaim and hopefully financial rewards. And so... It's really attractive for new business owners to tend to buy into this script. And you find that there are a lot of companies out there and people and services who will sell you things to fulfill on that script. So they're going to sell you funnels and websites and branding and emails and um, all of these tech things, all of these lead generation things, all of these done for you services. The truth is that with service-based businesses like fitness and wellness, you are going to pay for your future clients. You, as the service provider, are going to pay for your future clients, but not through building the thing. That's just the delivery vehicle. So the baseball diamond is just the venue. You're going to pay for your perfect future clients by investing either with your time or with your dollars directly into getting your perfect future client's attention. You have to have their attention before you can gain their trust. So none of the tactics that I talked to you about today, none of these strategies that I talked to you about are going to involve building anything. We're not going to build a website or a funnel or an email list because those things are the venue. Those things are the baseball diamond. You will need those things and want those things at some point. But if nobody knows you exist, does it really matter if you have a weekly email right now? Cash flow is the lifeblood of a small business. And so, yes, a website's going to be necessary in order to take payment and handle scheduling, but it's not the first step. People can pay you through Venmo. It's not the thing that you want to invest in when cash is tight or when you don't have a full schedule and you just want to be serving more clients. The same thing is true with email lists. They are immensely valuable and we'll do a whole future episode on email lists. Give me a comment if that's something you want to see me do. But email is going to be where you nurture an audience, not necessarily the thing that brings in buyers today. So if building the tech does not mean that you're going to get clients and it's not going to be a, if you build it where they will come scenario, then what are we going to do? There are only five ways that you are going to get the attention of your perfect future buyers. And here they are. If you want to write them in your notes, I'm going to list them out and then I'm going to talk about each of them. So first is ads. If you're taking notes, write that down. Ads. Second, is content. Third, referrals. 
fourth, partnerships, and fifth, outreach. So ads, content, referrals, partnerships, and outreach. And if you want to be a real note-taking ninja, I want you to put a horizontal line between content and referrals. The two things that go above that line are going to be kind of longer term plays. And so I'm only going to skim over them briefly. I'm a big fan of momentum and speed, especially for new business builders. So the bottom three are my favorites for you. So the first thing we're going to talk about is ads. Of course, we're talking about Facebook ads, Instagram ads, maybe paid boosts. Um, if you're if you're posting from your Facebook business profile or Instagram profile, they're going to offer you boosts all the time. So TikTok ads, YouTube ads, Google ads, these are all great ways to bring people immediately to a location where you might sell them something. But here's the thing. I don't like ads for new businesses because ads only work to amplify a message that is already working or sell a product that is already selling. If you are new, you most likely do not yet have a message that works and gets the attention of your exact perfect future buyer. Your message it's the thing that differentiates you. It's those little ways that you talk about what you do that tell people that you are the right exact person for them to work with. And that's not something that you would just have right at the beginning of your business, even if you know what your niche is and who you do. So it has to be created over time and it takes an investment of conversations and research and letting things kind of sink in and marinate and meld over the first year or even couple of years that you're in business. Once you get there and you've served 50 to 100 clients really well, now you've got a message that will resonate with your audience. Now ads can work for local facilities and local businesses because the geography can serve to be that differentiating factor. So for local businesses that you can take everything I just said and kind of check it out the window. It can work for local businesses, especially when you've got a differentiated service and you're local. Now you can just use those geographic parameters within the ads tool and um, you can stand out enough. But online offers and um geographically diverse offers, you're just not going to be able to differentiate yourself from your competitors in the beginning. And there are more direct ways for you to go out and find your perfect future buyers. So I don't recommend ads as the first step. That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> so let's move on to the second one. So the second one was content. And many times when I'm talking to a new business owner, I'll say, um, you know, they'll be telling me they've got an event coming up or they're trying to enroll into a specific program. And I'll say, what have you tried? And then they say, well, I'm posting on social every day. <laughs> and it's logical to think that once you've created or envisioned your program, that you would go out there and you would just start posting in social. That's also where the problem comes in because it's everyone's logical first step. So the, we post about our programs, everybody else posts about their programs, 
and we're all posting and posting and posting. And then the only person that's liking your posts is your mom, right? <laughs> so when we talk about content, we're talking, of course, about creating these things that we publish on social media or in our websites and other places, the things that establish our, us as the expert and let people know what we do. So it's videos, social posts, emails, blogs, all those things, podcasts. If you've ever taken my kickstart program, you know my campfire metaphor. You want to assemble your perfect future buyers into one place so that you can speak to them. And you want to be warming people up so they're getting hotter and hotter. So imagine all these people show up at your campfire and the ones that are closest are the ones that are hottest. It's really only productive to make offers to try to sell your program or your um, event to the people who are hot. The people who have either been in your orbit for a long time or been watching what you're doing, who are already picking up what you're laying down. Those are the only people you're going to be able to sell to. We want to believe that if we get a certain number of eyeballs on a certain program, that a percentage of those people are going to buy from us. But the truth is that no matter how much you post about something, only your hottest audience members are picking up what you're laying down. It's like if you were cooking bacon on your campfire and the only people who can smell the bacon are the ones that are closest to the campfire. <laughs> I feel like um, I should be talking about marshmallows instead because it's a campfire, but um, marshmallows are disgusting. So I'm not talking about marshmallows. We're talking about bacon. All right. So we use our content to warm up our audience. Anything that you're posting, especially for Priya on social media, anything that you're publishing, you're getting them moving toward your campfire. And that's all you can really do with content if you're going to differentiate yourself. If you're just out there shouting about your program, you're really doing nothing. So this is why I say that content is also a longer term play. So it's not the thing that you want to invest all your time in right now if your goal is to bring in clients immediately or fill a specific event. Okay, so I've given you two things that I said aren't as immediate. And then the next three things are the things that are more immediate. So these are the things that I really want to see you building your entire marketing strategy around because these are things that could work for you forever. If you did nothing but the next three things that I tell you to do forever, you could build a seven-figure business, never investing money in content or ads, just doing these three free things. <laughs> Pretty cool, right? All right, so the first is referrals. Referrals is kind of what I like to think of as my happy journey strategy. If, you ever, if you've ever taken the kickstart or spent a lot of time in my orbit, you hear me say that an unhappy journey can never lead to a happy ending. Referrals is the happy journey strategy because it's the one that's most likely to ensure that you are working with more people who behave and buy just like the people you are already happily working with. And so you want to start seeding the idea that you're going to be asking for referrals from your clients from the very beginning. 
talk to them about the people in their lives that they may want you to offer your services to. Ask them to bring in their friends, incentivize them referring new clients, make it a part of your working relationship with each of your clients. I don't want it to just pop up as a new topic one day during your workout. Make sure that your best clients, your favorite clients, know that they are your best clients and your favorite clients and let them know every day that you want to work with more people who are just like them. Now, this is best done by direct conversation. It's easy to create a referral program and then send like a mass email out to your, all your clients, but referrals happen more when you ask for them directly and when you ask for them person to person, just servant leader to client, you're the servant leader, they're the client, ask them for the referrals. Don't rely on an email to get the message across that you want them to refer their friends. The personal conversations will do a lot more for you than the emails will. All right, so I wanna say one more thing about referrals and then we're gonna move on. Ensuring a proper focus on referrals is gonna do a few things for your business. Number one, it's gonna get you into direct content with more people who are like your perfect buyers, your perfect clients that you love working with already. So that's awesome and that's the happy journey. It also does that quickly at no cost to you. It's as quick as a conversation. And if you really dig in with your clients and let them know you're serious about working with people who are just like them, they will bring you names. They will bring you friends. They, will, they, they want you to succeed. So this is quick and it's free. It also increases client satisfaction by opening lines of communication and creating a more cohesive community within your business. So by creating a an intentional referral strategy, you're making sure that, um, that it's more than just passive word of mouth, you're asking for those referrals. Speaking of referrals, let's move on. We're gonna talk about partnerships because partnerships are like referrals on steroids. If you have a great service and great client satisfaction and your clients are referring their friends to you, then partnerships can be the place where you scale that same type of strategy. The right partnerships will allow you to leverage existing adjacent audiences. Okay, so partnerships allow you to leverage existing agencies and audiences. Here's what I mean by this. Within your specific niche, there are audiences that already exist. If you have a local business, let's say it's a gym or a supplement shop, there are Facebook groups that already cater to the type of client that you want in your local shop and that are geographically specific. So what I want you to do is start to think about making friends with the people who are already in charge of these existing adjacent audiences. Get to know all of these players and find out where you can complement what they're already doing. Think about that in terms of people who are already in your orbit. Who is already a huge fan of what you do and has an audience? They may very likely want you to come talk to their audience. And what that means is you can share 
the right clients, especially when the services don't compete. And that's what we're looking for. Now, I want to put a caveat in here because there's a big, hmm, there's a big mistake that could be really easily made here. And I want to, I want to call it out. I want to talk about it. We are never, never, never looking to poach someone else's audience. So let me tell you what I mean by this. Adjacent audiences would be um, like when you, when you have a local business and you go in and you serve um, a, a local Facebook group that has your niche in it and you talk about health and fitness things, but it would not be going into another gym's existing audience and trying to take their clients. So I see this all the time in the Grow Your Fitness business for instructors, trainers, and coaches group where people will come in and they're like newer coaches and they just see this big audience and it's all the people that they want to work with because they're business coaches and they want to work with fitness instructors and personal trainers. So they'll start messaging my people or they'll try to put up these spammy posts or they'll um they'll do all the things you you see them I, I don't even need to go into it you guys see them and it never comes off well because it's disingenuine because you've already made a relationship with me as the leader of that group um you already have trust in me I already have trust in you so it it just doesn't work because they don't realize that you guys are already smelling my bacon. <laughs> so it's just not a good look. I don't believe it's ethical. I don't believe it's right. I know for myself, I've literally spent tens and tens of thousands of dollars on coaching and events and research and um, message creation and books and going to events and so that I could learn how to assemble this audience that I want to speak to. And so when somebody comes in who maybe like just started their business and doesn't really understand how to assemble their own audience, it's, it's just not ethical and it just looks bad for everybody. So you guys, we're never looking to coach from somebody. We're only looking to augment. And we're going to do that by being above the board. When you go into a Facebook group, you can see who the admins are. I suggest starting a conversation with them and finding out how you can help them serve that audience. Yes, look at adjacent audiences. Look, look at becoming best friends with the people who run them. Never, never, never look to compete or poach in those audiences. All right. So the last strategy I want to talk about then is personal outreach. And it's the most important because it is the one singular strategy that you follow up any of the other ones with. You are always, always going to have personal outreach with your new clients. This is the piece that most unsuccessful coaches try to skip or automate. The truth is personal outreach is where your business starts and ends. You are selling a service that is based on trust and relationship. The only way that you're going to react, that you're going to transact is through personal outreach. You have to have conversations. Now, personal outreach does not mean that you have to sneak into people's direct messages and be all smarmy. And it doesn't mean that you start getting in there and like asking 
invasive personal questions. If you've ever taken my kickstart, you have not only heard me talk about the shirtless trainer tactic that is a big mistake most people do in the direct messages, but you've also heard me talk about the uh, thirsty messenger, which is another mistake that people come into the direct messages and do. We are not going to do any of those. The kickstart actually does contain scripts and exact samples and strategies around doing personal outreach so that it's not salesy or smarmy, it's servant leader based. All right. So outreach, personal outreach, what it means is that you're showing up and that you're willing to have the conversation. You're combining the idea of having a conversation with the idea of the campfire because you're always looking for the people who are smelling the bacon. So that means you're looking for your people who are warmest. You know, because they're commenting on your social all the time, maybe they're coming up to you at your kid's baseball game and saying, hey, your legs look great. What are you doing? Maybe um, they're telling you about their health problems and you know you can help them. Maybe they're asking for your prayers around a wellness concern and you know that you can help them. These are the people that are hottest have conversations with them. So personally, I make sure that I reach out every single day. I know you guys are going to say I'm crazy, but it works. Every single day, I reach out to 40 people who are in my world, people who are smelling my bacon or are soon to smell my bacon. <laughs> I still don't know about that metaphor, y'all. <laughs> We're going to go with it for now. Um, 40 people every day. That's how important this is. It takes me about 40 minutes to send direct messages or emails or texts or um, however I'm going to get into conversation with these people. I just want to let them know that I'm out there, that I care, that I want to hear about what's going on with them. And as a matter of fact, if you are in my Grow Your Fitness Business for Instructors, Trainers, and Coaches group, and you and I have never messaged, you could probably check your message requests and see that at some point I've probably sent you a direct message. That is actually me sitting down and sending those every morning. All right, so personal outreach, in my opinion, is the cornerstone of your sales. There has to be a personal conversation that happens before you transact. It works because people buy based on their connection to you and their trust in you. It's the only thing they're buying for. If they just wanted a jazzercise class, they would go on YouTube and find one. If they just wanted wellness advice, they would just Google it. People buy services because of the personal relationship and the customized expertise, support, and accountability that come along with that personal relationship. It's the one thing that is most overlooked and most effective. Personal outreach, y'all. So we today talked a lot. We talked about a lot of things. We ended it with personal outreach. Let me quickly summarize so you can check off your notes and make sure that you didn't miss anything. The first thing we talked about was tech. We talked about the website and the email list and the delivery platform and blah, 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 and how those things do not bring you clients immediately. Yes, you might nurture future clients there. Yes, you need these things long-term, but they are not step one. And especially they are not step one if you are in a cash crunch 
or if you are just ready to serve more clients. So then we talked about the five ways that you are going to bring more new clients in. The first one was ads. Ads work well for local businesses or after you have a message that works and a program that is selling. We talked about content. We talked about using your content to identify the people who are smelling your bacon. That content is not going to be the thing that transacts. It's only going to be the thing that allows you to identify who is warm. Then we talked, um, so then we drew a line, right? In the notes, we drew a line and we said, these three are the most immediate and free methods for bringing in new clients. So referrals, that's the happy journey method. That's the way to bring in new clients that will be like your current favorite, favorite clients. We talked about partnerships, like referrals on steroids, when you identify the right partners. And I encourage you to get out there and start talking to people who have existing adjacent audiences. And then we talked about outreach. Outreach must be the underlying strategy that you use in combination with any of the other strategies. You use the other strategies to figure out who you want to do personal outreach to, but you must, must, must have those conversations. All right. So here's what I want to know from you right now. Would you like me to do a future episode on one or all each of these five strategies? Leave a comment. Let me know which one you need more information on. Let me know which one you got most excited about. And let's create some for some future episodes around those tactics. No matter what, I want to hear all of your comments, all of your questions. Leave them here. I will come back and I will answer them for you. All right. And until next week, have a great week. I love you and I will see you.